0: What up, friends? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. As always, I'm Justin Michael. Today, we are going to talk about Josiah Strong, the latest CSU men's basketball commit, and just kind of what he brings to this team, why he's such a big addition. Also, going to talk about DeAndre Gill, the most recent CSU football commit. And then I'm going to wrap up with a couple of thoughts on the Colorado Rockies and fandom, and just how I want to quit them, but I just can't seem to. I'm sure there's some CSU fans that have kind of felt the same at moments over the last 15 years. That's the thing about being ride or die, though. You know, you cheer just as hard when your team is awful, and when you hate aspects about them, it becomes particularly complicated, you know, with the Rockies' ownership situation, but at least their manager's likable. They've got a lot of likable players, but Anyways, I'm just going to talk about kind of fandom and how it gets weird, even more so with college sports, just because the, you know, pride of it being your school and and community also gets wrapped up in it. It becomes this big, complex, emotional (laughs) contradiction. Anyways, before we get into some of that stuff, I just wanted to say how proud I am of my younger brother, Brandon. He graduated from CSU last night. He is going to be an incredible music teacher. And I am really, really happy that he got to have a ceremony with family and and friends and experience as close to a normal graduation as possible. I get that the pandemic isn't over yet, but I was really worried he wasn't going to get that ceremony, or at least he wasn't going to get, you know, a ceremony where our grandparents and stuff could come. And that would have just really sucked because it's, it's such an important accomplishment. I mean, graduating from CSU was it was one of the most special days of my life. And to be honest with you, I didn't really want to go to my ceremony. I, I was just pretty over everything related to college at that point. You know, I've, I've joked about how I was in school forever. You know, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I, when I did graduate from CSU back in December, 2019, you know, I, I talked about my whole journey and, you know, I had a bunch of setbacks both professionally and academically. And, you know, issues in my personal life and depression and all kinds of crap. But being honest with you guys, you know, at the time, I felt pretty jaded, you know, towards CSU. I just, I I felt like they weren't there for me during some complicated times. You know, there's so much of an emphasis behind CSU being a community and, and we and, you know, being in it together. And I felt very alone, you know. I felt like I was just a, a number, you know, one in a million, just a, a check to them. So I, I didn't want to go, you know. If it was just up to me, I, I probably wouldn't have gone to the ceremony, and I would have regretted it. But the only reason I went was I didn't want to hurt my mom's feelings, and you know, my parents and my grandparents—they all wanted to, to see me have that moment, and you know, they, my family—they were always for me, they were always there for me, you know, during my darkest hours and you know, so I I pretty much did it for them more than me, at least going in. But when I got there, I, I was just so happy that I did because I, I thought about everything that I went through and, you know, what CSU did mean to me. And it just it ended up being a really special day. You know, I'll I'll remember it for the rest of my life. I'm I'm so glad that I went. You know, especially like I said, I graduated in December of 2019 is when my ceremony actually, uh, happened. I'd actually been done with my degree or at least my, my major for like a year at that point or six months to a year. But I was, uh, I was finishing a minor in music stage and sports production, which was kind of awkward to be honest. You know, I was, I was already working in professional media at that point for DNVR, but I, I just wanted to finish, you know, it, for me, it was important. I, I started this and I, it was really important to me individually that I and I completed all of it. And I did. My my major and my minor was stubborn at the time, but ended up walking in, in December 2019. And man, I mean, could you imagine how big of an asshole I would have felt like if I wouldn't have gone when I could have? And then, you know, all the people that, you know, six months later in the spring of 2020 just didn't get even have the option, man, I would I would have felt terrible. Anyways, I know I've had a bunch of side tangents here, but I'm just really happy that my brother got that opportunity. I was worried he wasn't going to get to have the ceremony. I was worried that he wasn't going to get to have that special day. And I just I felt so proud, you know, sitting up in the stands at Moby Arena and, you know, see him, seeing him walk across that stage and, and get his diploma. Uh, I will say, and this is just being completely honest, a brutal ceremony, really slow pace. I mean, they were an hour and a half in and weren't even halfway through the names yet. It was... It was brutal. You couldn't hear anything. The sound system was really janky. Um, literally couldn't hear any of the speakers. And because of that, nobody in the crowd was really paying attention, and that's, that's disappointing. Honestly, I don't know why they don't just have graduation ceremonies at Canvas Stadium at this point. It's much more aesthetically pleasing. It's got a way better uh, video board, PA system, all of it. I mean, it, it would just be really logical. I mean, the only thing you have to worry about is weather, but then you have Moby as a backup. I don't know. My high school graduation was at Red Rock, so pretty much every, uh, every setting compared to that seems somewhat lame. But to the uh, graduating class of 2022, congratulations. Brandon, if you're listening, I love you, man. Super proud of you. You're going to be an incredible music teacher. All right. Enough with the sappy stuff. going to move on. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win. Get $150 in free bets if they do. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs, why not try the same game parlay? Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds. Boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bets back up to $25 if one leg does not hit. You gotta love DraftKings. They are always giving you a shot at redemption. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk a little bit about Josiah Strong, the latest Colorado State men's basketball commit elite three-point shooter. I mentioned that on Twitter and took some uh, flack for it. Somebody saying that elite is the most overused word in sports that's probably a fair criticism probably is a word that gets used too much. Uh, But when it comes to Josiah Strong's three point shooting, elite is accurate. I mean, when you look at it, he's 39% at the D one level, but that's not including his Juco stats, which I mean, his one year at Iowa Western community college, he averaged 17.8 points per game on 49% shooting from the floor, 46% from deep that year. Played twenty eight games as a sophomore at Iowa Western Community College, scored in double figures in twenty five of those twenty eight games. Made a three in every single contest. This dude is a sharp shooter. He shoots threes at a high volume and he knocks them down. I mean that is his game. And really, I mean this is this is exactly what CSU needed to add in the transfer portal. I know a lot of people want to see them pick up like a seven footer, and I. Keep saying it. It's easier said than done, y'all. You know, know, why don't we find a Kevin Durant type while we're at it? You know, why not just be seven feet tall? But how about one that also has handles and can shoot threes at 45% and, you know, do 360 dunks and, you know, whatever else you may want? But they lost Adam Thistlewood. They lost Kendall Moore. They lost Deshaun Thomas. We'll see what happens with David Roddy regarding, you know, the NBA and his status. He has until June 1st to decide going to be out in uh, Chicago this upcoming week at the NBA combine. Recommend you go check out the podcast I did with Harrison Wind on him a couple of days ago. But Kendall and, and Deshaun last year, those are two guys that contributed a lot of your three-point production. And you know, Adam over the last 3-4 years was obviously one of the the better three-point shooters in in program history, so they needed to go out and get some more guys that could, you know, find the bottom of the net and Josiah does that just about better than anybody in the country. So whether, you know, he ends up being a six man, it wouldn't surprise me if he was a a spark plug off the bench that, you know, just comes in and, and you know, kind of tries to score in a hurry. Maybe like a young Gian Clavel back in the day or a young Daniel Bay Or maybe he ends up starting, you know, the Rams are going to have a, a bunch of different options with the amount of talented guards that they have on the roster. I still think it's going to be a really big year for, For Jalen Lake, I'm extremely excited to see, you know, what his potential is with an increased role. But the reality is if if this team wants to compete at the highest level, if they want to be in the mix for a Mountain West championship, potentially make a run in the NCAA tournament, you're gonna need, you know, more than five guys. You're gonna need eight, nine competent basketball players you can trust in your rotation. And, you know, you already went out and, and brought in Patrick Cartier, who can you know, kind of be a, a bruising forward for you that, again, also has the ability to to shoot threes at an elite level. Big theme for CSU this offseason. And now you go out and get another athletic two guard that can, you know, score for you, that can defend along the perimeter. We'll see what happens with Erlington, the San Diego transfer that visited CSU this past week. But I mean, if Roddy comes back, the, the depth on this roster is just going to be insane. And even if Roddy does decide to officially go pro, there's still going to be a really good team, you know, an NCAA tournament potential team. But I've just been really impressed with what the coaching staff has done this off season. I feel like they've been very strategic with the guys that they've added. And I mean, that kind of goes in line with, you know, how Medved has operated as a recruiter throughout his entire career. You know, it's not about just trying to stockpile, you know, the, guys from big schools, you know, trying to bring in as many people as you can. It's about, you know, finding the right fits and people that are going to be able to fill very specific roles. It's easy to sell a guy if you're just telling him, you know, hey, you're going to get, you know, you're going to be our primary ball handler. You're going to be able to shoot, you know, 20 attempts a night. It's all going to be about you. CSU doesn't need that. They have their point guard, you know, they have their you know, scoring guard of the future in, in Jalen Lake. They have other very established players in in John Tanjay. And, you know, we've seen good stuff from Isaiah Rivera over the last couple of years. Much like with what they found in in Chandler Jacobs last year, they need to find talented basketball players that, you know, are are willing to be role guys. And when I say that, I, I feel like people take it as a negative connotation, like a role player. He's not a star. He's only a role player. Like I'm saying that, you know, to, like there's a dig behind it or, or something, but you know, the best basketball teams have really good role players. I always think back to some of those runs by the Golden State Warriors and obviously, you know, Steph and, and Clay, and then ultimately, you know, they, they bring in Katie and, and Draymond, you know, those guys, they get a lot of the credit and they should, but I mean, the defense that Andre Iguodala brought, what Andrew Bogut, a very talented basketball player, was able to do for them in the post as a defender, as a facilitator. I mean, you know, most nights he was only going to get a couple attempts, but Bogut wanted to win. Yeah, he could have averaged, you know, 20 and 10 on a terrible team, but he, he wanted to be a part of something special. And that's what the smartest, that's what the best basketball players are able to see. They're able to just kind of put the, the mission at hand over individual glory. And I know that's hard at this level, especially just because, you know, guys are trying to prove themselves and, you know, make it to the next level. So it's a little bit different than in the NBA, but finding talented players that understand, you know, it's not going to be all about me and are okay with that and are going to play hard even, you know, in spite of that, that's, that's what this staff has been trying to do. And so far over the years, you know, they've done a really good job of that. It really is a, a tightrope walk, you know, it's it's a tough balance. And I've just been very impressed. You know, I've the, the fact that some of the fans have been, I don't know, like antsy or, you know, just kind of thinking like CSU hasn't been doing a good job on the recruiting trail this offseason has been very confusing to me because quite frankly, I think they've had an awesome offseason so far. <laughs> Not saying I wasn't bummed to see some of the guys go, but based on who they've added so far, I think they've found better fits. Obviously this team's ceiling is going to be dictated by whether David Roddy comes back or not. And that's just that's just the reality. But I they have done a really good job in adding some really talented basketball players that are experienced and, you know, are gonna translate well in this league. In my opinion, you know Medved and, and Ali and these guys, they should uh, they should get the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> that's that's just where I'm at. But uh, let's let's move on. Let's talk about DeAndre Gill, six foot six outside linebacker that recently committed to CSU football. Originally verbally committed to UCLA, was being heavily recruited by UCLA and Washington throughout uh, his senior season ultimately ends up at CSU. This is a, a big-time addition. I mean, to be 6'6", like 240, it's an 18-, 19-year-old kid. You know, that's, that's pretty crazy. He's already got a really nice frame. Um, I would assume they want him to be, like, an edge rusher, but, I mean, Jay Norvell did challenge the linebacking unit as a whole after the spring game. Uh, Cameron Carter got demoted. I mean, he didn't even... You know he led the team in tackles last year, and he was running with the twos in the spring game. You know Drew Kuehl, like a walk on, got the start, and he actually got an interception. But just knowing, you know, Norvell and and the coaches haven't been particularly thrilled with what they've seen out of the linebacking unit so far. You know, maybe he just does end up being a a stand up linebacker. It's it's interesting in this four two five like. You have the the guys on the edge, and most of the time they're basically, you know, defensive ends, even if their hand isn't on the ground. But at times they are going to drop back, so it'll all kind of depend on, you know, how he moves laterally, how he is in in coverage, you know, all that stuff, what his instincts are like. But, you know, much like how I've been encouraged with the 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 recruiting effort that we've seen from the men's basketball program, I think you have to be stoked with what you've seen out of, you know, Jay Norvell and, and Chad Savage and these guys, they are, they're killing it. And, you know, obviously, you know, the recruiting, it, it kind of makes me roll my eyes at times because I think it's just a lot of hyping people up before they ever, you know, accomplish a thing. You know, anointing people, you know, saviors of the program before they ever even step on the field. And, you know, I mean, I'm not taking a shot at them, but, like, people talked about Luke McAllister for two years, and then, you know, look how that played out. Didn't even was here for, what, three months, whatever it was. But obviously recruiting is just a massive part of being a successful football program. And I think what's been cool is you are seeing CSU be in contention for just a different caliber of athlete than what we were seeing under Steve Adazio. I mean, we are seeing, you know, CSU flip Power 5 guys. You know, Makai Fox was going to go to UCLA, ends up at CSU, you know, Deandre Gill, heavily recruited by Washington, committed to UCLA. He's going to be at CSU. You know, Marshawn Oxley was committed to San Diego State. Ends up signing with CSU. And you know, all of it is is ultimately hype until they come to CSU and they, you know, earn their role, earn their respect, and all that. You know, prove it. But I think when you watch the film of these guys and you just looking at you know their stature, it's clear that. The Rams are in the the mix for a little bit higher caliber athlete than they were under Adazio. And I think that's just a more aggressive recruiting approach in general. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing these guys really grind all over the country, but they're recruiting the living hell out of Los Angeles and California and they're establishing those pipelines. Are all these guys gonna pan out? No, but you know, if you hit on seventy, eighty percent of them, you're gonna be a pretty good football program. And That's just the thing about Adazio. I'm not saying that everybody he brought in was a dud. You know, I mean, Tanner Arkin, that's an Adazio recruit. He is obviously really caught everybody's attention. Jack Howell, you know, that's an Adazio recruit. But they also, you know, had a lot of guys who's, you know, really their only other interest was, you know, Big Sky programs and FCS programs. And a couple of those guys might be, you know, Diamonds in the Rough, Undiscovered Gems. And obviously you know, I'm okay with CSU signing a couple of, you know, potentially undervalued guys, but when it's your entire recruiting class, it's it's going to be pretty hard to consistently compete with, you know, programs like Boise State and San Diego State who are, you know, again, signing these type of players that CSU's been in the mix for under Norvell, you know, with legitimate power five interests, you know, guys that are deciding between, you know, am I going to go to Cal or UCLA or San Diego State? You know, am I going to go to you know, CU or or Oregon State, or am I going to go to Fresno State? I mean, they just, they got to be in the mix for some of these guys. And to the credit of the staff, you know, without stepping on the field, without winning, it seems like a lot of recruits are are buying what they're selling. Cool, cool, cool. I just wanted to to give you guys a little recruiting update on both programs, obviously off season. So, uh, you know, less things to Less things to really go over on a day-to-day basis. Gonna move on, wrap up today's podcast real quick, though I wanna talk about Ripple, a fast-acting dissolvable, clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy. Ripple starts absorbing within 10 minutes, so you can depend on a consistent experience every time. With Ripple dissolvables, you can make anything inedible. It's flavorless, a dissolvable powder. Ripple quick sticks are actually the most convenient and fastest way to get THC. You can pour it right on your tongue. Ripple products come in a variety of doses for whatever experience you're looking for. No sketchy science here. Ripple's speed and absorption were studied by Colorado State University in a randomized placebo-controlled trial with real people, and the results were published in a peer-reviewed journal. Where can you find Ripple? At Colorado's premier dispensary, LightShade, there are 11 Denver Metro and Aurora locations, and the Barnum location is now open... That is, of course, one block off 6th Avenue in Federal Boulevard. It's the biggest Lightshade store, and there are specialty products not offered at other locations. Lightshade offers something for everyone from the casual consumer to the connoisseur. They have a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top-shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. My listeners can get 25% off non-sale items when they use the code DNVR. Shop online at Lightshade.com. Use that code DNVR. Pick up at the closest location near you. All right, uh, real quick, I want to give you guys my DraftKings pick of the week. DraftKings pick of the week, and uh, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers to win the NL West. You can get that at minus two ten. This is a really tough division. There, you know, San Francisco is is looking good. Arizona, I mean, everybody at one point was above five hundred, but. I mean, the payroll of this Dodgers team is just absurd, and I, I just don't see any scenario in which they don't come out on top in this, you know, long season. That's the thing about baseball—is it just, you know, you might look good for a month, like the Rockies, but you know, over the, the course of 162 games, your your true colors show, and that's kind of what's happening with with the Rockies right now. Unfortunately, they've lost five in a row all the good vibes are are out of the window at this point. It's the typical mid-May dip that we are all used to. And then, you know, the June swoon, it gets even worse. And, you know, then pretty much the the all-star break is, is just kind of a miserable experience. Then right around August, the Rockies, you know, once they're well out of contention, they have a nice little revival, you know, usually go on a win streak again, get everybody kind of interested, you know, while preseason and all that is happening. And then... Once uh college football and the NFL kick off, most people just forget the Rockies exist. Me personally, I've I've really been struggling because I just I've I was so bitter after they traded Nolan Arenado. I, I said I was done, you know, I'm not gonna watch him. And I didn't, you know, I didn't really watch very much last year. Definitely the 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 least I paid attention to them in in my entire life, but this year I just I don't know. I found myself getting excited for baseball again in the winter. And that's funny considering, you know, the lockout talks and all that, but I, I just can't seem to to lose interest. I'm definitely not as passionate as I was. I don't, you know, when I was younger, Rockies losses would actually impact me emotionally. Now it's just, you know, if they, they lose 11 to two, they lose 11 to two. That's just how it goes with the Rockies. But what is it? about these teams that just prevents us from, from walking away? I mean, would we not be just so much less stressed if we weren't always, you know, worried about, you know, the the recruiting classes for CSU or, you know, what's going to happen with the the coaching staff or, you know, the Broncos last half decade. I mean, the, the amount of years that, sports fandom has probably taken off my life would be alarming if I could see it. But even if I could see it, I I don't think I would change. Because at this point, if I if I can't if I can't stop caring about college football in a system that's basically completely unfair and, you know, is designed for only, you know, the people at the top to have success in. And I, I can't quit that. And I can't quit the Colorado Rockies who are owned by Dick Montford. And literally don't care about winning. And I can't quit the Nuggets or the Avalanche, who are owned by Cronkie, who for two years has basically just given a middle finger to their respective fan bases and said, I don't care that you can't watch them on TV. If I can't quit sports through all of that, then I'm in it. You know, it's just, it, it's me. It's a part of me. It's a part of my DNA. And that's why you guys should know that, you know, CSU, they might go 2 and 10 for a decade straight, but. I'll still be here putting out my, my terrible opinion somewhere, you know, whether it's on a podcast or who knows what social media is going to look like a decade from now, but we're in it, man. We're ride or die. We really are. And I I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't, maybe that's crazy. Maybe that's just me trying to, I don't know, delude myself into thinking that like, this is all okay. I don't know. I don't know. I might be crazy, but, if I am at least I'm crazy with all of you and uh we can we can experience this together I'll be back with more content throughout the week i um, gonna start previewing the schedule I've been working on that uh, position preview stuff as well so we're really gonna start diving into the the football season as a whole and then you know once we get into the the real dog days of the off season, you know June and and July we're gonna do some fun historical stuff so I'm I'm looking forward to all of that. Thank you to all of you for continuing to support my content. Much love. Peace.